Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And when I first scheduled this guest, I, you know, talk about the illusion of separation. This person understands this more than most people on the planet right now. And when I first scheduled him, I was really excited. First, I was, I was excited to talk about the shift of the ages, a documentary film. And then I quickly shifted to wisdom of the ages and native wisdom. And then I wanted to focus on the prophecy of the eagle and the condor and then the great spiritual springtime that we're in. And then I was excited to talk about healing deep ancestral wounds and then cultural healing and transformation. There was so much I wanted to talk about. I didn't even know how to organize this. So then I read this beautiful phrase. Starting from within, working in a circle, in a sacred manner, we heal ourselves, our relationship, and our world. And that seemed to be like good medicine. I wanted some of that. It's written in a blog post called 16 Indigenous Guiding Principles for Co-Creating a Sustainable, Harmonious, and Prosperous World. And I thought, what more is there to talk about? I... I was all in then. And so let's just dig into this conversation. Me and my guest have no idea where we're going to go, but I know it's going to be full with wisdom and beauty and goodness that you will all appreciate by the end of this hour. Um, it's going to fill your bucket. I, I know it because I know this man. So I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest, Hereditary Chief Phil Lane Jr. is an enrolled member of the Ayantamon, Dakota, and Chickasaw Nations and is an internationally recognized leader in human, community, and economic development. During the past 50 years, Chief Lane has worked with indigenous peoples from the Americas, Micronesia, Southeast Asia, China, India, Bhutan, Hawaii, and Africa. He served 16 years as an associate professor at the Faculty of Education at the University of Lethbridge in Alberta, Canada. And in 1982, Chief Lane founded the Four Worlds International Institute. And there's so much more to his bio. I encourage you to go to the website and read more. But for now, let's welcome Chief Phil Lane. Welcome, Chief Phil. Wonderful, wonderful to be here with you, sister. And just, uh, it's Brother Phil. I think that a time has come. We need to go beyond the world of names. Mm. Now, now, certainly uh, that, that title has been given in a sacred manner by, in a traditional manner, hereditary manner by the elders who, who have known me since I was a young boy. But at the same time, we have to know that every single human being upon Mother Earth that's ever been and now and will be is a sovereignty, ancient, imperishable, 
and everlasting. And I think once we understand that and we see in one another's eyes, we don't feel less than or more than another human being, but instead see the creator standing within a sovereignty, ancient and perishable and everlasting, then we'll know how to treat each other as true relatives of the human family. Mm. Thank you, Brother Phil. That is an honor that you invite me to call you that, and I'm happy to do that. And I, I really appreciate um, that statement. And I, I want to start with our traditional first question here in just a minute. But because you said that, I think there's a, a real beauty to um, maybe defining hereditary Chief Phil Lane. I think that that hereditary is an important piece. Can you just explain to our listeners what that means? Sure. Um, you know, I began my spiritual journey back in uh, April of 1967. And that journey has, has been one of, of um, doing the best I can to fulfill our own family prophecies about the taking of the white buffalo, but as well trying to understand as best I could uh, you know, prophecies that occurred as I grew up, but also especially when I went to Bolivia in 1970 and 71 and really had the opportunity to speak with the elders who knew directly the prophecies of the reading of the Condor and Eagle. So fast forward to 1992, I uh, was receiving this kind of award, uh, the Windstar Award from John, the late John Denver, and we had a big gathering there of a group uh, circle of young people from 48 tribes, 24 young women and 24 uh, young girls. I think it was 40 tribes, excuse me. And we had the, you know, all these uh, young people from the kind of the rough parts of Brooklyn, the Aspen experience. We had young people from Aspen and we had, you know, other uh, um, gang members of different Latino gangs down in Los Angeles all came together at this time <laughs> they had the Windstar Conference. And so 40, about 40 of our elders, of our elders council came together for that gathering. And um, in their consultations um, said to me, they wanted to recognize my hereditary lineage. This goes back through my father to, to um, my uh, uh, great grandfather, Tipi Sapa, and on past him to, to uh, Ihama Chasha, all men, and so forth and so on. As well, you know, my mother's family was also served uh, really served the people uh, in, in various positions, like the my great grandfather was the head of the Chickasaw Senate, and so forth. So they wanted to recognize that, but as well, I think that there, there there's a number of things that go into what you might call a hereditary uh, leader. And I can just tell you from the perspective, at least, was shared with me by my father, and my you might say my Hunka father, Oliver Eagleman, who's a direct grandson of. PZ, Chief Gall, and of course my father, direct descendant of Tipi Sapa. So first thing I think is most important, uh, not necessarily, is that there's a hereditary leadership in your background. That is, you have a direct hereditary leadership that comes down through you, uh, particularly through, through the female side. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is that you need to be able to serve the people. That's the main thing of an Atasha. Is it's completely turned in a different manner than other understandings about leadership. The Atasha is the last to eat. The Atasha is the last to drink the water. The Atasha is the last to sleep. The Atasha is the one that, that models 
service, heartfelt service to the people. And so we have to live that way. And then thirdly, uh, elders who have known you, you know, including your parents and those close around you and those you'd work with and so forth, have to themselves decide that that should be uh, recognized and transferred to you the, 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 the right to wear a eagle feather headdress, the right to, to speak from that place of, of a, um, for them, really. I mean, it's not a. It's not something where you you have to speak from your heart. You have to speak what what you believe that they would be the teaching of the Creator. And the final thing that we went because there was a really really wonderful uh, Cheyenne elder there whose whose uh, grandfather had fought along with with one of my grandfathers in a little Bighorn battle with Custer, um, who who had that right to pass on uh, from a, a Cheyenne perspective that. Uh, uh, honor, you might say, or that privilege, or what do you want to call it? That heartbreak sometimes, because I knew ahead of time. I told my my two uh, fathers, I said, you know, really, is there any way to avoid this? Because I knew, first of all, there's been every attempt you can imagine by the U.S. government and and others to destroy traditional leadership. And secondly, you know, I could just I could just see uh, as well that I didn't feel worthy of it. You know, mm-hmm. and and so at the same time, they said, no, this is something that they've recognized. And and then strangely, what was really funny is that they all asked that it be videotaped. Now I understand that because, you know, as we, you know, people have a right to understand where we're coming from. So finally, uh, they talked about it and there was a sacred uh, woman society there, uh, the Buffalo Motokiksi, the Buffalo Woman Society. And there was a wonderful, wonderful elder there that had the right to give, to do this ceremony. Because it's not just the Holy Woman Society. Within that society, Betty Healy had the right to do that. And so my, because we follow the sacred teachings of the white buffalo calf woman, we then uh, have added, I think, in the Haudenosaunee, the, the Iroquois Confederacy from where the peacemaker came as well. It was the women who have that capacity to put on uh, the headdress or the, the, the symbol of speaking for the people or as well as take it away. So, you know, that, that ceremony was done by the Buffalo Women's Society. And, you know, that's now one thing is to, to be given that. Another thing is to, to step into it because mm-hmm. it's not an easy role. But that's another story. Yeah. Oh, that would be a, a beautiful conversation. I'd, I'd love to get into that one too. But thank you for that explanation. I think that it um, kind of bookends this conversation in really the sacredness of that because you do live that service. I What I've witnessed from you with every breath is that you live that service. So thank you for that. And thank you for the explanation of that yes. for our listeners too, because I don't, I think even though you're exactly right on spot on when you invite me to call you brother, because it's time that we all be brothers and sisters in the unitive family that we are all human here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing. And yet this title was given to you and through your culture, I think it's important for us to understand 
all cultures. It's time for us to really understand that. And, and your, your brief introduction today was really important. I think for, for all of us to understand. Yeah. And then, like you said, what it, what it really means to step into that too. So maybe we can get into that, but I'm going to back us up to that first original, um, our traditional first question, because I know it will springboard us into even deeper, more fun conversation here. So we have a traditional question here on the show, Brother Phil. Um, Can you share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Well, as Black Elk said, the center of the universe is everywhere. And as we've now begun to understand through quantum physics, every dimension of this physical world, wherever that may be, has pixels within it. Pixels really are one spot in which everything's connected. And so while in the physical world that we live in, you know, where we see that the fastest speed we can travel is 186,000 miles per second, in that everywhere spirit, it's instantaneous. As Black Elk said, the center of the universe is everywhere. So within everything now in quantum physics, we're discovering this pixel. This pixel is one. Whether the pixel's here or a pixel's 13 trillion light years away, they're one. That we when we enter the pixel, we enter and it's one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's like, you know, Black Elk was talking so deeply about these things. And, uh, but I think that it's time that we have a, the, the time prophesied, by the way, that, that, the, that the time of the mind, the intellect, science, would truly come into balance with the heart, the spirit, the spiritual, that they're both wings of the same eagle. You know, I would call one wing religion, except that term has gone so, so far away from its original meaning to bind together, to unify, and so forth and so on. There's so many things. So I'd call it spirituality instead. It has a little bit better better connotation to most people. And science. They're both the wings of the eagle of humanity. They both are brought from the unknown to the known through sacrifice, through study, through, through you know, uh, <laughs> through challenges. Like I always say that, when people talk about, oh, we're a guru or a teacher or whatever, and say, you know, the only difference between elders and those who are who are seeking out advice from the elders is the elders have made a lot more mistakes and learned from them. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we, you know, I think it's time to get kind of let, get let loose of some of this, you know, <laughs> you know, things, and just say, you know, we're um, just exchange We're just a natural human being. Just natural human beings doing the best we can at a tremendous, incredible time of transformation. And part of that is the understanding of the oneness, prior oneness and unity of the human family. Mm-hmm. And the herd of one is a herd of all, which goes right to the depth of all interrelated things being connected to the question you ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the prior unity, the prior oneness, Let me that, that just springboards me into um, this idea that that I, I love this that the center of the universe is everywhere. Thank you. Um, Chief Phil, your life and your work seems to really epitomize living for the good of the whole. And um, 
you know, I run the organization Good of the Whole, and really the the vision of that, uh, th- this term, Good of the Whole, mm-hmm. it's more than whole, and it's more than yes. good. It's really understanding. There's there's something really deep about understanding that phrase. And it's hard to put into words because we're not talking about wholeness or holistic practice. We're really talking about this prior unity that you talked about, the innate realization of the truth of who we are, that when we live for the whole, we're really living on behalf of ourselves. And when we live for ourselves, we create what we've created on the planet. Can you right. talk more about that? Because that phrase, I think, is really important. And you embody those words to me living for the good of the whole what's yeah. that mean to you well I, I let's first of all take and 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 look at that from a from a quantum position that the whole is greater than some of the parts and one of the best examples of that is if you make an alloy that is you take two metals and put them together even though the tensile strength of one of them may be 10 in the other 15, meaning that's, that's, that's the strength, that, that's what it takes to break it, so to speak. And you combine those, you'd think, well, you know, some people would say we got an average of the two or whatever. But the fact is, you know, it's, it's more than 100 times stronger than the two by themselves. So, you know, the idea and understanding of unifying hearts and minds and how and ceremony and prayer and that this creates an incredibly incredibly powerful, incredible force that really in the end, nothing, uh, the illusion of singularity, I mean, the illusion of, of difference, it is completely, uh, the, the, you know, the myths of this, the shadows of this are completely dispelled, dispelled by the sun of reality shining. Mm. I mean, this, yeah. this, this is a reality that we, we, that's right there within us now. Yeah. So you've said a couple times here, now, now's our time. When, when you invited me to call you Brother Phil and then mentioning this again, there's what, you, um, what you've talked about with the prophecy of the eagle and the condor and now our great spiritual springtime. Mm-hmm. So now is the time. What is, what is the now for you and what can you help our listeners understand of how they can step into their sovereignty and, and all of, all of what you invited yes. us yes. to do. Yeah. So, yes. And just a little bit of background. <laughs> we have to insert little stories here to kind of get a context of what I'm going to say. Yeah. But you know, if we were here, uh, over 500 years ago, uh, prior to the arrival of our European relatives, by the way, which I believe since the world is round, sooner or later we're all going to get together anyway. But, I mean, not taking it lightly, but when that happened, uh, there was already existing across the Americas a union of the condor, and we had Quetzal and Eagle, to, to, because it was one that, that extended clear across the Americas, and each each uh, tribe and nation and different parts of their bioregions had various sacred birds that that brought this unity. So we we knew we were unified there. We knew we were unified. You go to any place in the Americas, you'll find ceremonies done to the four directions and so forth. So you know, really, um, you know, whether I've been in the Amazon jungle or 
or in the Andes of Bolivia or uh, in the jungles of Panama or out in the islands of, of uh, the Kuna relatives uh, or Mexico, wherever. You know, I felt at home because we have that common spiritual bond. Now, what happened was the prophecies prior to the coming, uh, inevitable coming of the European relatives prophesied that this union would be broken. In fact, it was literally physically broken in Panama. That's why there's been such an emphasis on even ceremonies going on down there, because it's going to become one of the great lights of the world right there. And it's in the process of unfolding. So now bring that up to date. Um, where we are now is that that the prophecy of the reunion of the condor, the quetzal, and the eagle is unfolding on many, many different levels. Now, I think that we've shared or will share uh, a, a number of, of things like uh, prophecies, dynamic change in a new global civilization. We talk about, and we'll be happy to share, shift of the ages, which we talked about. So there's so much there to be learned. So I think the first step for all of us to learn from one another is to seek to understand before seeking to be understood. So there's so many wonderful resources that have been generated by so many indigenous peoples and elders that we want to very freely share that. You know, not as something to, to, to pay for. This is something to share for, for we can, as a human family, address this incredible crisis that's facing us. So, Brother Phil, when when I hear you talking, I'm just, I'm like, I'm breathing into this deeper because there's some wisdom here that I think is important. How do we best integrate your 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 vision, your wisdom, and and that of the indigenous people, without falling out of balance. Like right now, you know, it's important for us to tune in and to listen. And you've you've worked with indigenous on every continent. It, what? How do we fully hear and listen and integrate this message and this wisdom in it so that? we come back into that prior unity again. Right, so, right. So that, yeah, so that we're really weaving mm -hmm. it into this greater tapestry of the whole. Yes. Well, when we began uh, the Four Worlds International Institute, really it was called the Four Worlds Development Project at the time, we called a meeting of 40 indigenous elders and spiritual leaders to come together in the high plains of Alberta for four days and four nights to really discuss how we could end the cycle of destruction and descending pain and, and, and suffering that was happening and turn that around. And of course, the, 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 in the most physical sense, the thing we could see that was one of the greatest symptoms was alcoholism. And so when we came together, we listened to these 40 elders and, and really never has there been a gathering like this before. I mean, where you had all tribes who wouldn't have even known each other had not uh, been for the last 500 years. So when we listen carefully, whether if you, there was relatives there who had found their happiness in a Christian tradition, there was ones that had uh, practiced both, there was one that, that had not, I mean, because of residential schools had nothing to do, wanted to do with churchianity. 
So, uh, you know, but we listen closely. And what they said in essence, and I think this, this is the key to this, and I think you said it right at the beginning of the program. They said, this universe we live in is organized according to certain physical and spiritual laws. The physical laws are easy to understand. If you drive a car 100 miles an hour into a concrete wall, you'll get smashed up. You jump off a 100-story building on top of your head, you're going to get a headache. You drink a great big glass of arsenic, you're going to get a big stomachache, if not more at all of them. <laughs> that's, that's the natural physical laws of the universe. But at the foundation of those physical laws are spiritual laws. And it's, it's the becoming of these spiritual laws and really understanding them. Now, when, it's easy to hear this. You know, for instance, they begin by saying, first of all, understand this. You know, development comes from within. It comes within the person. It comes with the family. It comes within the, the teospi, the extended family, the, 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 the you know, clan, the tribe, the nation, and so forth and so on. But it comes within. Everything unfolds from within. They said it's so, but to really get down to understand what that means, I'm just still <laughs> trying to understand that. But it's, it's that. And he said as well, to be able to understand that if we don't have a vision, there's no development. You know, it's like, and I know in the, I think it's the Old Testament says, without a vision, the people perish. But this idea of having a vision, it's been common through all sacred traditions, the understanding of having a vision. And we actually, you know, have going on a vision, you know, to seek a vision. I mean, that's part of our, our tradition for many traditions across not only the Americas, but around the world. Yeah. And, and so, and then I think that we, we then, you know, come to the, to the understanding that um, as well as having these qualities, um, and understandings, we have to even go deeper than that. Mm. So I'll, I'll have you comment here, and then I'll, I'll, I'll I will <laughs> finish the last. You'll add more. Well, you know what? It's a good place for a break. Unfortunately, we have to take a break. Good. I could just Perfect. keep talking, but Perfect. this is a time for a break. So we are going to do that, and when we return, we're going to dig into a little deeper into the healing and then there's so much more here to learn from brother phil so we will be right back stay tuned the empower meditation channel Non-stop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation channel. Peekaboo! Peekaboo, smile. Smile, buddy. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. 
Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Wildfires burn millions of acres each year. And each year, wildland firefighters like Fire Chief James Hall battle to contain them. But they can't do it alone. A single ember that escapes from a wildfire can travel more than a mile. It can ignite and destroy your home, your community, or more. That single ember can be just as dangerous as the wildfire itself. But you can do something firefighters can't. You can act now to prepare your home and your community for wildfire. You can reduce the risk. Do your part. Go to fireadapted.org. Get fire adapted. Learn what you can do now to reduce wildfire damage later at fireadapted.org. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Learn more at fireadapted.org. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck for Dave2037 so he can buy anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. What are you getting Steve2037? Steve2037 will be just fine. Well, okay, but don't expect to borrow my anti-gravity boots. Save something for the future. Put away a few bucks. Feel like a million bucks. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Radio to inspire, encourage, and empower you. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. Get connected in one of my private Facebook groups, um, individual programs. I invite you to be more conscious, courageous, and compassionate with this beautiful world we are talking about. So you can check out all those different opportunities at juliecrawl.com. And we're here with Brother Phil Lane. I love calling you Brother Phil. Brother Phil, let us know, how can our listeners find the Four Worlds Institute? What's What's the website where they can find your work? Yes, it's www.fwii.org. Okay, fwii.org. Yes. Perfect. Okay, so. Now, there's, there's, we have a lot of other places on Scribd, on Facebook, I mean, on, uh, of course, we have a number of Facebook pages, but we also have on uh YouTube and so forth. So mm-hmm. we'd be ha- we'll, we'll be happy to share those links if anybody uh, is interested in what we're doing. Beautiful. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. And if, if you're looking and you can't find what you need, also send me a message and I'll help connect you with Brother Phil here. So right before the break, I, I asked you, how do we integrate this wisdom? And you, you brought me back to that <clears throat> phrase that I mentioned in the introduction because it was, it was really beautiful. Um, starting from within working in a circle in a sacred manner, we heal ourselves, our relationships, and our world. It sounds like a beautiful sentence. And actually, it came from your blog post titled 16 Indigenous Guiding Principles for Co-Creating a Sustainable, Harmonious, Prosperous World. And I, I loved that blog post, Brother Phil. It, mm -hmm. was, it was really incredibly beautiful. And you broke all of those out into those four different things. And then mm -hmm. you had four pieces underneath those. And I think it is a, a really, it, it, I'll share that link with anybody so they can get to that blog post too, mm -hmm. but go to four worlds and you will see it right there on the front page. I think right now um, in the blog there, but those, those four things broken into four other separate things are really brilliant. Do you can we dig into those? Do you mind? Sure. I, I think that, that, um, as I was sharing just before the break, those four key uh, principles we started with, you know, development comes within, no vision, no development. And then very important, no participation, no development. That is all had to become involved. And that really we are spiritual beings as well as physical beings. In fact, the real eternal nature of us is spiritual, that we are eternal beings. And so it was based on those that we then begin having these gatherings until, until uh, you know, we we were able to then just just unfold that way, you know, from within. You know, we start begin within. Yeah. In a circle. I mean, in a circle. It's, that's the whole participation in a sacred manner with all the the respect and you know the code of ethics and the, all. I mean, this comes the massive amount of curricula that's been developed by indigenous elders and writers and the, and, and, and the best thinkers we could find anywhere. Because, I mean, really, at this point in history, I think to, to, to close our minds and hearts to any human being because some kind of physical characteristic or cultural characteristic is not where we're not we're going to take us forward. I don't care what the lampshade looks like. I want us to be able to find the light. And, of course, you know, there's, there's certain behaviors that... that uh, that you know, and I don't choose to 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 be a part of. That doesn't mean I can't look deep, 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 and try to understand that's a human being, and try to understand why is this happening? You know, why would people do such some of the things that people are doing today? I mean, right? You know, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, sad, but true, isn't it? It's true. I mean, you know. I mean, it's really true. I'm, I'm really <laughs> been doing, very impressed with a group called the Clear Foundation, and so I went down to Utah to to uh, to, to help with the film they're doing. And and I, <laughs> the first words I say is, um, I said, my beloved members of our human family, today we are all living within a very corrupt global system. <laughs> and, you know, I thought about is that true? And it's true. You know, I mean, we're in a system in which you have, you know, almost two billion human beings without clean water to drink, without food, enough food to eat today, and what a place to live. I mean, while you have this tiny, tiny bit 
a human being just scrambling every way they can to have money. This is not something I would say is, is a reflection very well of, of what, what harmony and balance and prosperity and which, you know, has been prayed for by all, all, you know, religions, all spiritual faiths and all traditions of all people. Yeah, you, you write in the section on in a sacred manner, it says the hurt of one is the hurt of all. Yes. The honor of one is the honor of all. And right yes. therein is the key to this corrupt system that you're talking about. If we can reverse that and come into the truth of who we be, we can heal all of that. Yes, yes. And I think that we, that the acknowledgement we heal ourselves, you know, our communities in the world, that that this that healing is a necessary part of development. You know, healing from old wounds, you know, repairing broken trust. And it's not easy. It's really difficult work. I mean, and the thing I'm finding, for instance, that, that you know, the more we accelerate forward in manifesting this, this new global civilization and co-creating this new civilization, then the more attacks that are leveled your way. I mean, you know, people just make up stories because this is the world we're living in. And so... You know, while I think it's important always to, to um, you know, if necessary to, to address these things at the same time, I think that our way forward, and, and, and that's expressed in our, our uh, 15th principle, is, is to stand strong where we stand, know our spiritual strengths, and stand there strong and move towards the positive alternative we wish to create without giving our energy away fighting the negative. Now, that is really difficult to know when we're really doing something, when it's going to straight help straighten things up and make a clear example, this is not the way to do things, or am I sim simply responding because of the ego, or am I really focusing on the positive alternative I wish to create? Mm. I appreciate that, moving toward the positive and not giving the energy away, fighting the negative. Mm -hmm. Because so many people are, you know, even just hearing you talk, I know you're doing a, a, a big, um, beautiful piece of work right now of, of healing um, a lot of the indigenous wound that you have encountered and the, the sexual um, wound that's that's occurred. And even when we talk about healing, it's important for us to conserve that energy to not fight against the negative too. Right, exactly. And I thank you for bringing up because this is a very, a very good example, but a very important, important uh, dimension of healing that's needed globally. And that is, uh, and I thank my niece, Lila June Johnson for so beautifully na uh, naming this when we, we call it healing ourselves, our future generation counting coup on sexual abuse, rape, and incest. Now, I think, I think it was really beautiful about that. We really thank the, the uh, uh, dear sister, uh, Anna Lou Spitzman, in the World um, Wise World Center for their great support. But the wonderful thing about that was that the entire uh, panel and all the presenters I mean, all the talking circle facilitators were all indigenous peoples. Now, why was that? It wasn't because we wanted to separate. We wanted to say this. 
no matter what happened to us, no matter how atrocities were committed against us, that we not only have survived, but we're coming back stronger than ever. And now we're turning around and saying, this is enough. We're giving back our love, our healing, our understanding. And we will not, we stop standing right here and do, turning this around. This isn't going to have to go any further. And who better, who better in the world to stand up and say, this, stop this, and to love and forgive and, and to, 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 to bring about reconciliation, but the indigenous peoples of Mother Earth. Because at this point in history, there's no, been, no other peoples that have been in, so unjustly treated as the indigenous peoples of Mother Earth. At the same time, it is a learning process for the entire human family. And the greatest thing we have to learn right now is we're one human family. The hurt of one is the hurt of all. And the healing of one is the healing of all. And that we are now emerging into the spiritual springtime. This day shall not be followed by night. Mm. Okay, pause. Let's soak that in. And you bring in a new term. So I know there's going to be a little backstory here. But thank you first for the example of the healing. And I can't agree with you more. As a, as a healer myself, really just those words can inspire all of us to look at our own inner work and that inner world to do that healing and to really come into that place of letting go and forgiving and moving forward into the power and not backwards into that that place where we can lose energy fighting the negative or holding on to those wounds or, or blaming and shaming and, and doing all that work. So thank you for that. And you introduced this term that I think is so beautiful. And I asked you about earlier, mentioned it in the, in, in the intro is the great spiritual springtime. I love the story of what that means and what you just said. Can you give us the backstory? And let's talk about this time we're in as this great spiritual springtime. Well, before I share um, some indigenous perspectives that I've learned over the last years I've been traveling across the Americas, I want to say that, that uh, one of the most powerful examples of what we're, where we're at uh, so so many of those living in the kind of Christian world know very well the, this prayer. Especially, I mean, if you live in the Christian world, I'm not sure how well much it's used in or that Orthodox Christian world, but at least the Christian world that I know. And that is the Lord's Prayer, and it says, "Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." So what I'm saying is, you can go to so many other traditions. I am the birthless, I am the deathless, says Krishna. I return in every age to bring about righteousness and so forth. I mean, Krishna said this. Um, you know, we know from Zor the stories of Zoroaster that that's why the Magi, who are Zoroastrian priests, studied this heaven so well, because Zoroaster, who was killed on the temples of, a, of, 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 the, of the, the stairs of a temple, said, I will return, and you'll see my star from the east. Now, Obvious, obviously, one like me, a, a, a pure mirror of the reflection of the Creator would appear. And then you have what's happened where the three wise men emerge from the East. Well, people haven't taken time sometimes to go back and ask question: Who were the? What are the? Who were these wise men? Where did they come from? They came from Persia. They were Zoroastrians, and they wore that same tall 
pointed hat that Merlin the Magician is told, said to have worn. It's kind of very interesting when you get into the depths of this. Beautiful. So, Brother Phil, the, these stories are, are so important, and we have listeners out there who are doing this evolutionary work on the planet, and we know this is the time for our great spiritual springtime. And it, and what, how does it finish? It won't go back to tonight? What is it, how does that? So I said another phrase in these prophecies that's used to, to, to really uh, emphasize what we're talking about here. We're talking about a, not just some Band-Aid happening. We're talking about a huge galactic change. Yeah. And it says the night that, sh- I mean, sorry, the day that shall not be followed by night, the day that shall not be followed by night. That's what's rising as we talk together right now. That's what's happening. It's in process. It's in movement. It's being fulfilled. And what are some of those other galactic prophecies? What what does it look like to you when you really feel into the prophecies and and, and embody it? What's, What's coming? What's it look like? What's the world look like to you, heaven on earth here? Well, first of all, um, you know, we, we know that war, as we know it, will cease. That whatever is going to bring that about, I'm not, not certain, but war, war will cease. And all those resources, trillions and trillions of trillions of dollars has been expended over years. But those resources will be, again, to be expended for the development and refinement of all the gifts that we have intellectually the gifts we have just barely begin to uncover of our entire uh, of of our what really what is quote unquote the brain. I mean, what is this intellect? This incredible, but at the same time, understanding the heart. You know, Einstein said, "When we when science discovers the power of prayer, there'll be more advancement in science than ever before," because he was he was he was I think intimating that once we understand whatever this force is that we can't see, feel, touch, or hear, except we can see manifested somehow from one place to a completely different place, or see changes happen that, that science can't, un, uh, science just can't understand. And so I think that the future uh, sees that development. I think it's, it's naturally happening. We'll, we'll have a, a, a global language at one time, sooner or later. And we'll all be learning our mother tongues at the same time. You know, there's no reason to lose our mother tongues. There's absolutely no reason. There's no reason we couldn't communicate all together. And it's just emerging. I mean, when I was in China, and I've, I really love going to China, I think wonderful people, um, that uh, they're, all the children are learning English. I worked quite extensively for almost 10 years within ASEAN, all the 10, uh, at that time, 10 uh, southeastern Asian nation states. Um, and they also, I mean, we're talking about a population of around 700 million relatives of the human family. They have made English their official language. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not a proponent. I'm just saying this is happening. So, but as, along, along with that, I see coming a universal system of weights, measures, and currency. I think that the way people are living off, for instance, you know, this this is no accident that all we have all these different currencies and all the, some people just make money every day simply betting 
and playing games with currencies of other of, of people. They don't do anything, not one thing to contribute to helping, helping us to become a better human family, to help us have better food to eat or to help us have better ways to, to, to educate our young people or more opportunities for those that need those opportunities. Not nothing. There's a lot of people that are, you know, you know, that's just part of the deal. And that's not, we don't blame them. We, the system creates that. Those who believe, first of all, we're only here for short moments. And, you know, and I was, I had to laugh. My dad say, somebody says, yeah, there's some people that believe that life is just one disaster after another, followed by death and you go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. um, I mean, so those those are, are things. I mean, there's so many other things. I think that, if, if, that I really hope that that uh, anybody interested will will read our living document, uh, dynamic change prophecies and a new global civilization. I think that you'll find that um, you know if you have any input or ideas, please share them. You know that's what we're looking for, and that's really what the basis of one of the foundations of our new uh, sequel to shift the ages vision of the ages, which will be released on December 21st, 2020, via a sign. Mm, that'll be wonderful. I'm looking forward to that wisdom of the ages. Alrighty, December 2020, do we have to wait that long? <laughs> well, we're, we're, doing, we're doing pieces of it now. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're producing uh, different videos now, and, and some have been shared, and some are going to be shared. We're, we're going to continue doing that. Along with, with you know, what's happening, uh, Dr. Julie, is what I see, is sister, is that, you know, there is this prophecy of black elk, this sacred hoop of many hoops. It is coming together. You know, yeah. all of us together, really, I mean, we know, we know, it's very simple. We know development comes from within. We know we're spiritual as well as physical beings. We know that that uh, it's only right for people to participate in their own development. That free, prior, and informed consent is just a natural spiritual law of, of that that we need to be involved because really the herd of one is the herd of all, and the honor of one is the honor of all. And these are basic things that we have agreed to, and we're working together, and are unified about. And you know, it's only a matter of time before before it's understood in a good way. Yeah, it, it's it's really beautiful to look at how a lot of the prophecy is here now. It's like we're living into it, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, we have just a like four minutes or or so left, Brother Phil, and I. I'm curious if you could speak to our audience that we have a lot of evolutionary leaders and and visionaries and and people who who tune into this program. So what would you say to them? If you could take this opportunity now and speak from the, the echoes of the wisdom of the ages at this time, what one or two things can they do today to further live into this heaven on earth and this prior unity that we're, that we're moving toward? Well, first of all, I'd like to extend a very, very, very heartfelt, warm and loving handshake and embrace to each and every one of you. And in the spirit of, of understanding the prior unity and oneness of the human family, 
I would, would first of all, with great love and respect, ask that you, you, as you, if you have the time, to seek to understand before seeking to be understood. That is, take a look. Please take a look at the work that we've been doing, uh, that we've been formally uh, working on since uh, 1982 with our gathering of elders. That's one. Second, secondly, please, please share with us. And uh, when, as you understand where we're coming from, we'd be happy to send you a background, our new film, Vision of the Ages. We really want to know your vision. We want to know you, what you're doing. We want to know how you're contributing to our mutual uh, vision we have. Um, you know, now you may state what we call our first principles, our guiding principles differently, but I've found there's so much the Charter of Compassion. I know the Compassion Games, which John Raymond is doing such a great work. You know, they utilize the 16 principles as a foundation. And there's other groups that are using the 16 principles. And whatever whatever foundation we have that that connects us, that grounds us in the, in the, in the soul of, of the spiritual foundations of this universe, of this galaxy, of this of this. Uh, cosmos, and that's where we are. Beautiful. And I just want to remind our listeners that they can go find those principles, which they are beautiful. I, I, I want, is there a book written about it? You need to write a book, but I want to, I want to remind our listeners, you can do that by going to the four worlds Institute website at F W I I dot org and it's right there wait 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 wait. you know something i made a mistake it's dot net dot net okay (laughs) it's dot net thank you know so strange how things happen i just some reason i was talking and i have to look up and there it appeared for my eyes i was somehow ended up on four worlds international it was dot net (laughs) <laughs> okay. Excellent. Well, we'll send everybody to .net, net. And they can find Wisdom of the Ages um, information there, too? Yeah, yeah. Vision. It's actually Vision of the Ages. Vision of the Ages. Vision okay. of the Ages. So you have Shift of the Ages, uh, which is the shift that happened in 2012. That's about the real reality by the uh, elected elder of the elders, Mayan Elders Council, who, who was a vision keeper, his story. And then you know, now we have the vision of the ages, that is looking to 2050, where, where, where are we going and what will happen in the process from what, what best we can understand. Mm. Oh, I am excited about that. Thank you. Uh, vision of the ages, I love that. And I, I love the future looking, um, that, that piece of having us, really create that vision co-creatively together right with the right. through those through those 16 principles if we co-create the vision together we can move together yes exactly and there's also another something somebody some uh listeners may be interested in in 1985 we co-wrote uh, and, and included many uh, things we'd learned, a, a b- little book called The Sacred Tree. And then uh, our elder sister, Jane Goodall, Dr. Jane Goodall, was so kind to write a beautiful, beautiful introduction. And so mm-hmm. we've been sharing that since 1985 as a, n- a whole number of languages. But I think if someone wants to understand what I really believe are the, the core values or essence 
um, at the core, at the heart of indigenous thinking, you know, at least from one perspective. This doesn't get into ceremonies or how you do ceremonies, but this gets into the, what is it? What is the spiritual heart of this? And what's one Beautiful. of those, there's, there's, there's infinite perspectives, but what's one of those perspectives? Beautiful. Okay, so you do need to go to the website and find these resources. Chief Phil, we are out of time. This has been a delight for me. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. I've just thoroughly enjoyed myself. Excellent. All righty. Maybe we'll have to have part two because there's so much more to talk about. Yes. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.